Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast with an overloaded inbox. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who likes all of my tweets. Yeah, I do. That's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother, whose last tweet was the Texas Tech guy ringing the bell. (laughs) That's right. Trey Newman. That's a good one. Check it out if you haven't seen it. Uh, Before we get into the mailbag here, we've got a few requests for the listeners. First, if you haven't already, join our Yahoo College Football Pick'em League. You can find the link to that on collegefootballbros.com. Also, when this episode airs, our pinned tweet is going to be a link to all of our 2019 preview episodes we've done. So if you could retweet that link, share it on Facebook or really anywhere else you think people might want to listen to the show, we would really appreciate that. And then we also have some five-star reviews to get to. What's our What's our first one, Ryan? Okay, our first one comes from uh, JohnnyBoy44. Uh, the guys have a tremendous amount of knowledge for any team in the NCAA. The sound quality is great, and this show is helping me get ready for college football season with all their previews. I may not agree with all their views and over-unders, but this show is well worth the time out of your day. Hashtag hook'em horns. All right, our next one here is from Stella Tangor. CFP bros are are awesome, I I know what he's trying to say there, but uh, or she, (laughs) she, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, CFP bros are awesome. Your podcast is the best podcast I have ever listened to. Wow! All right. I mean, as long as you're giving us five stars, you can call us whatever you want. So, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Next review comes from Cole Bear. He says, "Great content, cool guys, well informed." Made the trek over from Spotify to leave a review. Really solid content with the previews. Keep it up, Michael. He called you cool. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know. He doesn't really know us that well then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair. Who do you think's the coolest of all of us? Ooh, let's not go there. Okay, <laughs> let's just move on. <laughs> I'll put a poll on okay. Twitter. <laughs> all right. Uh, last one uh, from CFB Complainer. Uh, longtime listener, first time reviewer. Uh, love their takes and they don't take themselves too seriously. I will get on my wife's account and give another five-star review if they admit that Michigan is the true 1997 national champ. Not going to happen. Yeah, good luck with that guy. Not going to happen. Not happening. Maybe when we Sorry. were at like two or three reviews and we were desperate, yeah. but... <laughs> Michael's willing to sell himself a lot for a five-star review, but I don't even know if he'd yeah. go that far. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that not that far. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, moving on to the mailbag. You guys sent in a ton of questions and gals, so thank you very much for that. Apologies if we didn't get to your question. There are actually too many to get to. Um, also, just a quick note, Jaron Williams, I'm sure you have heard if you're listening to this yeah. podcast, was named the starter at Miami. We're going to save our thoughts on that until next week when we do our week zero preview, Florida, Miami, of course. Right. Um, okay. First question in the mailbag from at Hi, I'm Colbert, who left us five-star review. He says, if Cincinnati goes undefeated and wins the AAC... While Ohio State wins out and wins the Big Ten, with their only loss being to Cincinnati, is there a scenario where Cincinnati makes the playoff? So what do you think, Ryan? Uh, you know, there, there are so many different scenarios, obviously, that could go down. But, you know, I would say it'd be very, very close whether or not they'd get in. It would certainly help if UCLA had a strong season because that's uh, they, they also played them uh, early in the year. Um, I, I don't think they would make it over a one loss SEC champ. That's not going to happen. So you can no way, just put, no. I, yeah, so I, I'm just kind of going over teams that I, they just won't get in. So that's one. Yeah. So they'd really need just for one AC, SEC team to only have one loss or less. If, if there's multiple, then multiple SEC teams are getting ahead of them. But then let's just, just assume Clemson's in. Can we just assume that? Sure, sure. Okay, that's two teams. I think the Big Ten champ, Ohio State, would be in over them still. See, that's controversial, yeah. but I kind of agree with you. Yeah. I mean, public pressure would be huge. To put Cincinnati, who's undefeated and beat Ohio State, in yeah. over them, but I don't think the resume would would get them nah, in over you them. You can't you can't compare just because they played each other. It's got to be total body of work and yeah. going undefeated in the Big Ten, beating all those good teams. No, I agree. It's deserving. I, I do think though there is a scenario in the sense that, of course, they would beat Ohio State and UCLA, but 
they'll they would need like UCF to be really good so they'd have another quality win but the other the other factor is that Houston isn't completely un or Houston excuse me Cincinnati isn't completely unknown like they they were pretty good last year so it's not like they're completely coming out of the woodwork no that's true and they do have the potential of playing Ohio State which you know UCF didn't have like last year when they went undefeated they didn't have that marquee game to kind of point to so yeah, we've never had a scenario like this in, I think, the, the BCS or playoff era where uh, a G5 team goes undefeated and they've got that one, yeah, that one marquee, marquee exactly, win. Exactly. Well, so to me, I was kind of thinking about the question is, would they make it over a one-loss Pac-12 or Big 12 team? And to me, it just kind of de- depends on which of those one-loss teams it is out of those conferences. If it's like a Utah who has a pretty weak non-conference or something like that, yeah, it would be hard to it would be hard to keep Cincy out, but yep. it, it's close. I, I think I think they'd get in over Utah, but I agree. I think in general, I think like a twelve and one Oklahoma or a twelve and one Oregon would get in over them. So yeah, exactly. They would, they got, uh, they'd need they'd need a lot of help. Yeah, for sure. All right, all right. Now we've got from Brandon Hot Brandon. <laughs> Whoa, Brandon. That's, that's actually he's you, a new listener, so I could see why he struggled with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know he only. Tweets us every other day. Now, Braden Hodges says, who is the most overrated team in the coaches poll? Okay. Uh, I'm going to say Texas at number 10. I just think the amount of production they lost, especially on defense, they're going to take a step back there. They lost to Maryland last year, of course, and they had several really close wins against bad teams. So I think they got a little bit overrated. I'd put them closer to 20th. They beat Kansas by like a touchdown. Yeah, that wasn't good. That wasn't yeah. good. Not not good. I'm going with Northwestern. They're at number 25. Uh, you know, we talked about it in the Big Ten West preview, but Northwestern had a miraculous year to go to the Big Ten championship, and I really don't foresee them matching that success, especially with a much deeper West division this season. Yeah, I, I agree with that one, too. Um, I'm going to go with Stanford. I just don't see how they can be a top 25 team right at this point. I think they're going to get lucky to get to seven wins they lose Bryce Love I don't they lose a Sega Whiteside they're all Caden Smith I mean I don't think KJ Costello is good enough to be able to carry them with a mediocre defense so you know I, I think they're overrated so okay so Braden we're going to one-up your question we're also going to say who's underrated all right I am very happy that we're doing this because I'm going with Mississippi State oh boy yeah. Oh well, they were 28th in in the rankings, and I really think they'd be favored against like seven or eight of the teams that are in the top 25. Last year, in pretty much every respected computer ranking, at least every one that I respect, because I I won't respect you unless you rate Mississippi State highly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, they were in the top 10 though, in like S and P Plus, uh, Sagarin, Massey Peabody. So I think they were a lot better than people give them credit for. Yep, and this year with year two Joe Moorhead bringing in Tommy Stevens, yeah, the defense will get Tommy worse. Stevens. With, mm. I like Tommy Stevens, Ryan. Sue me, all right. I'm okay. I'll bring the charges. That's uh, okay. I don't know. That's a lot. A very big unknown there, Mike. My well, my underrated team is Miami. Uh, I'm expecting a bounce back year for the Canes. Uh, there's new new excitement with under Manny Diaz. We know the defense should be outstanding and. Now that you we we know the the young quarterback that's going to play, there's there's enough talent around him uh, to be relevant in the ACC in the top twenty five. Bold, they definitely going to have a great D. Um, I went with Minnesota as mine. I don't. They're like in the fifties somewhere in the coaches' poll. I didn't exactly do the counting of you know <laughs> and the extras. Yeah, receiving. that's a lot to count. <laughs> but they had like I think it was just like one vote, so they were somewhere in the mid fifties, and they're behind teams like Fresno, who they beat last year and have way more production coming back temple west virginia really mountaineers shouldn't have a good year this year so i i'm not saying they deserve to be in the top 25 but there's no way they deserve to be that low i agree i agree all right thank you all right let's move on to uh our next question here we got uh it's from at xx isaac gogol xx on uh twitter he asks should the, the group of five have its own playoff I don't I don't think they should uh, as much as I'd love to see it because I enjoy the group of five teams as much as anyone out there. I just don't see the the benefit for them overall. Yeah, I mean, I think the real answer is the this 
college football playoff, the CFP should just be an eight-team playoff with an automatic bid for a G5 team. That's what would be best for them to kind of let them into the party. But I mean, absent that, I don't know. I guess why not? Maybe it'd get them more exposure. Yeah, I kind of agree with Trey. I don't think it really it really does a whole lot for them. Um, but if they did go to that 18 playoff, like you're talking about, Mike, I mean, given one spot to a G5, that's, um, you think they would even consider that? That's like, uh, they might not be a worthy team. I think they would. They might not be, but I don't they know. Might, they might put a caveat, like as long as the, the G5 team is ranked in the top 15 of yeah, the, right. the commit, you know, there's, there's probably some contingencies they could put on. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Okay, next question. Uh, it's actually a voicemail from from Bubba. Hey, bros, this is Bubba from Atlanta. Um, my question is about the September twenty first matchup in Athens, Notre Dame versus Georgia. Uh, Notre Dame is pretty deep on the defensive line. They have Aquar and Hayes; those are seniors on the edge. Tagovailoa, Amosa, and Hennish in the interior. They have some size behind them, and probably the most talented team. Uh, the dogs may face all season. Should be a, a really interesting matchup with UGA's offensive line. Now, I know you guys are over under fanatics, so let's set it at 200 yards for Swift and the UGA backfield, back over under 200. And if Notre Dame holds them under, what's the outcome? I'll hang up and listen. That's to me. That's a, that's a pretty good line. I would think. I, you, maybe you want to take the under there because 200 does seem like a lot against a, a good team like Notre Dame, but I like Georgia, man. I, their offensive line's great. They have Drendo, DeAndre Swift, and Zemir White are awesome. So I'm going to take the over, actually, on that one. And I think Georgia's got the best running game in the SEC. They were over 200, nearly 240 yards per game last year. And, you know, I like Notre Dame's defense, for sure. They're going to be good, but they did lose Jerry Tillery up front. They have Drew, Drew Tranquil and Devon Coney also in that front seven are gone. And, you know, I do stink, still think they're super talented, but I think they're a little bit more suited as pass rushers rather than necessarily run stuffers. So going to go with Georgia there. Um, if they don't get to 200, the second part of the question, the game's going to be really close, I would think. I mean, it kind of depends on how far under they're, 200 they're at, but I would expect a good what game. What if it's zero, Ryan? What if they don't rush for any yards? Zero? Yeah. Might have to give the, the nod to Notre Dame there. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Yeah. I you know for the over under two hundred I agree it's a it's a good line I'm actually gonna say under because I looked back last year and in their five toughest games in Georgia's five toughest games they only went over two hundred yards rushing once but you know I love you guys know how much I love Swift and and how much I like like Georgia but even if even if Notre Dame Notre Dame I feel like would have to hold Georgia under like hundred and fifty to to I think have a, a a shot at winning this one in Athens. Yeah, I mean they're ten and a half point underdogs. That's a that's a pretty substantial dog. Right. So, yeah, I I I do think they'll go under two hundred yards for the reason you said, Trey. But I'd still take Georgia to win. Agreed. All right, we've got one from at Huskerfan ninety three. Couple couple questions. Number one: Which Power Five coaches are fired this season, and who replaces them? All right, so. I thought we would do a uh, a two round draft here of the first Power Five coaches to be fired. And snake draft, snake draft. Of course, we already did this uh, a couple months ago, but we we included G five coaches in there, so mm. there was only a, a couple Power Five coaches included. So I think this will be fun. I'll, I gave myself the first pick. Do you guys mind that? <laughs> that means you also get the last pick. So no, go ahead, Mike. That's well, it's it's worth it because I'm going number one, Clay Helton. Oh yeah, there you go. Wow. And and I predict to replace him. What do you guys think I'm going to say? Matt Campbell. No, not Matt Campbell. What about this? Is a wide open like it Chris is. Peterson I saw a while back was named the favorite, but that's crazy yeah. to me. Yeah, I don't see that. Um, but uh, I don't know James Franklin. I'm going James Franklin. Trey, you got it. I mean, Urban Meyer seems like the the name that I thought you guys were going to guess, but <laughs> yeah, I, don't know, I just think yeah, I think Franklin would be a really good fit personality-wise. And I think USC's, well, it's definitely a better job than Penn State. Obviously, Penn State's a really good job too. But being in the same division as Ohio State and Michigan, maybe he'd kind of want to be the top dog in the in the Pac-12. Yeah, I think that would be obviously a home run hire. Obviously, I'm so high on James Franklin. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, next, I'll take the next maybe easiest one. I'll take Chris Ash at Rutgers. Yeah. Yep. 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 
And I feel like it's an easy choice to replace him. Who who are you going with? You think it's easy? Well, so maybe just it, okay. So I'm thinking like I'm thinking Munkin from Army. Ooh. Okay. Well, I because I wouldn't. I was the reason I'm going that way is because I, I feel like if Rutgers really wants to compete, they might have to change their style. And Munkin's in the kind of that greater New York Northeast area. So yeah. No, that makes some sense. I actually I was thinking Greg Schiano. <laughs> oh, that I mean that would be <laughs> yeah. kind of cool. It makes sense, doesn't it? It does. Where is Greg Schiano right now? Is he like there was a he was going to New England, but did that not? Where is he? That's a good question. I don't know. Okay, I'll look it up as we're uh, yeah. as you're drafting, Ryan. Well, I was thinking uh, Ricky Ronnie there. You know, if if Franklin leaves for USC, maybe Ricky. Oh Ronnie. wow, we got we got dominoes tumbling here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, no, my my pick would probably be the third next easiest name on the list here. I'm gonna go Lovey Smith uh, at Illinois. Yeah, he's, he's just taken so many grad transfers, and to me, that's just a sign that he feels like there's pressure and he needs to win right now or else he's going to be in trouble. It's his fourth year. He's got to produce. So as far as who replaces him, I mean, who's going to want to go there? I don't know. I was thinking, uh, Michael, you kind of like this guy, Lance Leopold, Buffalo. Yeah. He's done a really good job there. Yeah. So I, I kind of thought him, he's a Midwest guy. So that makes some sense. Yep. You got to go again, Ryan. Snake draft. Oh yeah, that's right. By the Snake. way, I couldn't find Greg Schiano. He's, I think he might, we should, he, he could be missing. Did he just vanish? Yeah, he could have done, he done disappeared, guys. Man. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's, uh, nobody really wants to touch Greg Schiano now. All right. I'm going to go with uh, Matt Luke from Ole Miss as my, my next pick here. I mean, nobody really liked the hire of Matt Luke. Uh, they, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> wow. Maybe Matt Luke's mom. Uh, she might know, have liked the it. The Luke family did, but. Yeah. I, I, they kind of knew that he they just wouldn't be able to get a big name coach with the sanctions that were coming so i was just like okay might as well give it to the guy that was there and loves the program and totally yeah, it was a, a, a very clay helton-esque hire yeah it was a, exactly so it was just a holdover coach until they kind of got past their sanctions and now they're past the sanctions so um maybe uh seth luttrell is uh this might be his job to take that yeah i could see that yep so who's up next all right all right, I'm gonna. This is we're getting. It's getting tougher. It, it it's is getting tougher. It is. Uh, there's a lot of schools, but I don't know if they're gonna make move. I'm gonna go. Will Muschamp, South Carolina. Ooh, okay. Uh, okay. They gotta have a pretty bad year, which is possible. I think that was a bit I of know, a reach. I, bit of a reach. <laughs> it is. It is. But you know, actually, part of the reason that I said South Carolina is because if South Carolina wants to wants to be even more relevant, and you got to recruit in the SEC, why not Lane Kiffin? Oh. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I've been calling for Lane Kiffin to <laughs> get any job in the last get any job for a long time. But if Lane Kiffin would have to have a good year this year, but would you expect him to? I mean, Will Muschamp is is recruiting pretty well, but yeah, Lane Kiffin would probably jump it up a notch. Yeah, for sure. Um, I well, if you want to jump up recruiting and you want somebody more respected than uh, than Lane Kiffin, how about Billy Napier? Yes. <laughs> You've been yeah, calling that for a long time now, Mike. I think he played he played for Furman, I think. So South Carolina he's got guy. The local ties. Um, okay. So last pick of the draft for me. I'm surprised he fell this far. Gus Malzahn. Gus Malzahn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's a good coach and I like Auburn this year. I, I went over on their win total. I think they're gonna have a good year, but obviously with their schedule, it's possible they have a bad year. So if they go six and six. I think he might be gone, and with a freshman quarterback, that's definitely in play. So I'll say they replace him with. This was a tough one. I just went with Bill Clark. He's yeah, in there in the state of Alabama. I don't know if he's got enough name. To... I, I agree. Okay, so then who should I have said? Maybe Seth Luttrell. No. What do you guys think about Bob Stoops? I've seen that. I've seen that out there. I guess he did. Did he? Is Bob Stoops coaching in like the XFL or something? Or what's he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's the... So maybe he does have the itch to come back. I don't know. And he was at Florida, obviously, prior to his OU days. So he, it's not like he's totally unaware of the SEC. Yeah, I don't know. What? Be weird. It could, it could happen. All right. Any honorable mentions you guys have, or did we name everybody? No, I, I did. Yeah, like you know, uh, Tom Allen at Indiana. Yeah, yep. he, was he was up there next for sure. on my list. Yep. Steve Adazio, Boston College, actually. Yep. Narduzzi, 
bought himself another year, I think, by winning the, the, the division this past year. Yeah. So Willie Taggart, if they have a horrible, horrible yeah, year. See, there's yeah. a couple guys that if they just go dreadful year, like, you know, Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee, Kevin Sumlin, like if they just, if they're just, the bottom falls out. But. Yeah. Chad Morris, if, uh, if they want to go higher, or, I mean, uh, Arkansas, if they want to hire, um, Malzahn. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. All right. All right. Second part to at Husker fans tweet here was, I've spent the last week in Hawaii with my girlfriend before I head back to med school. If you had to spend, if you had to spend a week in Hawaii with a coach, who would it be? Now, the one caveat is you can't all pick Scott Frost. Oh, that's a shame. That's I a don't shame. even want to go. Well, he didn't say it had to be a current head coach, so I'm going to go Brett Bielema because I think I've said this before, but if I'm in Hawaii, we're probably going to have our shirts off, so I would <laughs> like to be standing next to someone who makes me look a little better. Wow. <laughs> wow. How about you, Trey? I'm going to go with uh, Herm Edwards. I know he, he likes love, to golf. You want to hang with her, man. I do. I know he <laughs> likes to golf, so that's a plus. And then he'd be able to entertain me with you know, all the stories and wisdom for me. So I'd, I'd go with Herm. All right. Um, I, you know, I'm, I was might have said Dabo like a little while ago, but he's kind of starting to not be my favorite person <laughs> in the world now. So he'd start complaining about the fact that college students are going to start getting paid or yeah, something. Yeah, and he's getting paid ninety three. To be million. fair, every head coach would probably do that. So maybe that was unfair yeah, well anyways not going with him now um i will say mike leach just because he seems like a super fun guy and i saw you see him in the pool doing the I, he did a well it wasn't a perfect to. belly flop i've seen better belly yeah. flops but you gave it effort. it was an attempt yeah you could go with nick rolovich you could just say hey show me the sweet spots in hawaii that's a good point that's a good point yeah um okay back to a football related question here um, at Gopher Paul, oh, Gopher All Paul, he asks us to uh, rank the Power Five conferences. So, uh, I think we'll just kind of let Trey rank this one, then we'll just say how awful his list is. Yeah, we've got we've got three top five lists this episode. So, yeah, this is the first one for you, Trey. Yeah. Okay, and I'm I'm not. This is for this year. I'm not looking in history. I'm looking at this year. So, we're going SEC number one. Yep. Obvious. I'm going to go I, Big We're Ten. supposed to count down five to one, guys. Come on. Yeah, we usually go five to one. Where are you going? What's going on here? I mean, you didn't no, give it away. I, no, That's obvious. No, but. I've got to I've got to set this up because people, we know those. Fine. You, you go reverse top five then. You got it. I, yeah, exactly. So number two, Big Ten. Uh, I don't think there'd be much complaint with that, especially with the, the top, how top heavy they are and a, and a better West this year. Number three, I actually have the Big 12 just because I like Oklahoma, Texas, Iowa State, Ryan, you like Baylor, mm-hmm. uh, throwing yep. Okie State every once in a while. So I'm going with the Big 12 third. Now it gets tougher. Yeah. The, the Pac-12 and ACC. I went with the Pac-12 because I think this year you've got those teams at the top like Oregon, Washington, Utah, Wazoo. It, they're fairly, it's fairly deep and competitive, whereas the ACC, it's kind of Clemson and everyone else at this point. Uh, so that's, that is my list. All right. I actually think that's a very good list. I... Yeah, I don't think I would change anything there. I I think really the only debatable really one is just Pac-12 ACC. Are you that the other three seem kind of set in stone to me? Yeah, the Big Twelve last year was significantly better than the Pac-12 and ACC according to Sagarin's ratings. So right. yeah, I think I agree. I agree. All right. Uh, okay. Next question at C E Hildebrand on Twitter asks. Oh, he's got three questions, so we'll assign one to each bro here. Ryan, you're first. Okay. Aside from Mike Leach, your your belly flop partner in Hawaii, sure. which coach would do best in Leach's leadership, uh, leadership lessons in insur- insurgent warfare and football strategies class? Usually, I'm not having to read words like that on this podcast. <laughs> I'm, I don't think you do that well in that class. Can't even read the title of it. Apparently not. Nope. No. Um, I'm going to go with a guy that you would love, Joe Moorhead. He's a, he's a cerebral guy. I like that. He kind of seems like a little bit of a nerd right went to a good school at fordham played quarterback um he played football overseas actually if you didn't if you didn't knew that so he may have a little world knowledge to him um and he's a mastermind when it comes to offense so i think he'd be a great fit all right good answer next question he asks is what team could come up with the best foursome for tug of war and i'll take this one i'm going with utah 
And it's mostly because of that D line. You've got the two anchors, Lecky Fotu, 6'5, 335, and John Penasini, 6'2, 333. Plus, they're in Utah. Maybe they've got some guys that went on their mission and came back with old man strength. I, just, <laughs> I think Utah could put together a great team. Yeah, that's a good answer. Maybe Minnesota. Falale. I know, yeah, with Daniel Falale. <laughs> I thought about that too. Four That's quite an anchor there. Six <laughs> nine four hundred. Um okay, his last question uh is how many Pac twelve games will be at nine AM Pacific time this season? I'm gonna go with zero. Uh I think they, they just kinda wanted to introduce this idea to stir up some excitement, see if it's something, you know, feasible. I just personally I think the only way that it would happen is yeah, I actually, I actually don't see it happening. I just not this <laughs> yeah, year. It's not happening. Okay. I was trying. I, I literally, I've been trying to think of ways it could, but it, this year, I don't see it. I mean, maybe you just put a, a crappy game there, like an Oregon State game, and, and see what happens. Ooh. I don't know. I don't. I don't mean that to dismiss Oregon State. I mean, I, I think they could acknowledge they're not very good. Yeah, no, I know. Maybe that's that. That could be a good semi experiment. Yeah. Yeah, that's rough. Okay, now we've got at Fade Joe Public. What team that won less than four games last year has the best chance to go bowling this season? All right. I like this question. Uh, and to me, I, I think there's a, a pretty good, clear answer. I'm going to go with UCLA. Uh, yep. They went 3-9 and nine last year, but they were definitely playing better at the end of the year. DTR uh, looked much more comfortable. Joshua Kelly was running all over teams, especially USC. Um, okay well you don't need to bring that up yeah but. well you know, just <laughs> drag in your memory okay to how well he played i remember uh, 17 starters back year two in the system for chip kelly so I- i'd be surprised if they don't make a bowl game honestly this year it'd be a disappointment for them yeah they were my lock in the pac 12 to go over five and a half and that line is actually now up to six yeah for their season win total so so you moved the line is that what you're saying i think maybe my talking about it on the podcast might have moved the line yeah yeah uh-huh. yeah i think that's the easy answer <laughs> Yeah, UCLA for sure. Uh, I mean, maybe like a, a school like North Carolina, uh, maybe Mac Brown can get the Tar Heels back with mm-hmm. a little bit more of their up-tempo offense. But yeah, you can beat some teams in the ACC. Arkansas has four very winnable non-conference games. So that's true. They might be able to do it. Navy, they they yeah. seemingly a lock for a bowl game every year up until last year, of course. But Yeah, that was weird last year, man. I know. We'll we'll see if they can bounce back. It's too bad Navy and Army can't like time it and be good at the same time. You know, it's like, I know, I know. <laughs> let's get a good Army Navy game. Okay, uh, our next question is from uh, Jaden from Instagram, and uh, Jaden asks: Dark horses to grab the Group of Five New Year's Six bowl spot. Okay, I'll lead this off here. So everyone talks about UCF, but you know, hear me out, guys. Is is this bold enough? I think Memphis is that team this year, and, and they get over the hump. That's not nearly nah, bold enough. No, fine, they're like top twenty-five, fine, aren't they? Fine, <laughs> fine. What's that, I, Ryan? I, aren't they the top twenty-five, or what? Am I am I crazy? Yeah, they're, I don't think it. they're they're favored over Ole Miss. I'll say that. Yeah, I'm going to call you crazy there, but but they're yeah okay, fine. I I figured you guys would jump on me for that, so I'm going to go a little bit down the list. And Michael, you probably have this too, Houston. <laughs> I even thought that wasn't quite dark horse enough, but it's really it's better. I mean that's Ryan and I's pick to make the yeah. to make the New Year's well, six spot. You but know I what? mean that's you can you guys I'm I'm punting this. I'm going to yeah. you guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'll allow Houston. I'll allow Houston. Yeah. Um what about you, Ryan? Who are you going with? Um I'm gonna go with Southern Miss. I kind of mentioned them before. Yeah. They have out an outstanding defense, maybe the best group of five defense out there, and offense kind of held them back last year, but they got four returning starters on the line, quarterbacks back. I have them winning the Conference USA, so I think they could do it. Okay, I'm going with uh, Western Michigan. Yeah. Because, yeah, last year when John Wasink was healthy at quarterback, they were 6-2, and two, and their only losses were at Michigan and a, a pretty close loss to Syracuse. So this year with being number one in the country in returning production, they've got a chance. Now, the schedule doesn't set up nicely for them, but it's a dark horse. So Yeah, P.J. Fleck did not leave the cutboard bear there. Did you just say the cupboard? Say cupboard? <laughs> what did I say? You said the cupboard. You just really pronounced that very, I don't know, weirdly. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. That was good. All right. Next question. We've got uh, actually two questions here on Instagram. Chelsea asks, 
which game y'all looking forward to the most? She's picking Texas at West Virginia, and she's got the horns down symbol. Uh, by the way, she made me say that word that I can't pronounce, but we'll see how I did. Yeah. Uh, and then our cousin Nate asks, what is the most underrated game you're looking forward to watching? So you go first, Ryan. You got game you're most looking forward to and then the underrated game. All right. Game I'm most looking forward to is week one. Um, Oregon-Auburn. I think it's just a very intriguing matchup. And I mean, whoever wins that game is going to be feeling very, very good about themselves and have legit playoff aspirations. So to me, that's a huge one. Looking forward to it. Uh, underrated game? I, I'm i going to go week one also. I'm going to say the Holy War. BYU. Oh, yeah. Wow. Utah at BYU. It's the first time it's being played in week one. Utah's won eight in a row. That's kind of crazy. I didn't realize that, but they've won eight in a row. So, but it's at BYU. Uh, it's going to be a crazy atmosphere. I'm, I, I'm looking forward to that. What do you think, Mike? Well, I went actually my game I'm most looking forward to. I didn't say it was underrated. I said the Holy War week one Thursday. Oh, wow. Whoa. Well, there you go. Yeah. So I, we're thinking alike there. And then, um, cause I really like BYU this year. I feel I'm excited to see Zach Wilson if he's kind of the real deal. Um, and then underrated game, I'm going week zero, Arizona at Hawaii. You got Cole McDonald against Khalil Tate. I, st- I honestly might be more excited for that game than the, the Florida-Miami game before it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, true. It could be more entertaining. All right. Uh, looking forward to the most, I'm going to go LSU-Texas. Uh, we've talked about this game before. Yeah. But I again, it's one of those games where we're going to learn a lot. I, I'm not the biggest believer in Joe Burrow and LSU, but if they can win on the road in Austin, then I'll I'll definitely start to. But then same for Texas. Like I don't really believe all the hype with all the personnel losses, but if they can beat an LSU team, maybe I'll start to believe. Underrated game in honor of, of Nate slash Beth Moens. I'm going <laughs> to say Iowa, Iowa State. Ooh, oh, yeah. Game day location. Yeah. That, that could be a lot of fun. And, you know, we'll see if Brock Purdy can build off his success last year or if Iowa is a legit threat in the Big Ten. So mm. I like that one. It's a good one. Go clones. Thank you, Chelsea and Nate. All right. Now we've got Jeremy from Instagram, and he has two questions. Number one, with USC, UCLA, and Stanford being down, with decent quarterback play, can Cal be the best team in California? Go Bears. So, Michael, why don't you take this one? Okay. Um, well, the answer is yes. They can be the best team in California because of how incredible that defense is. They just need you know, a little bit of improvement on offense. But I don't think they're going to get that, though. I, I just think quarterback play is not going to be very good at all, especially because they just have no weapons to throw to on that offense so i'd bet against it but if they do get it then then sure they they could be the best team right now i'd power rank the california teams i'd go usc stanford ucla and then cal but you could honestly put that in any order yeah i agree all those four very close yeah it's pretty close between between all four um and i'd even throw in fresno state and sdsu we're talking i know you know yeah exactly like you could argue both of those teams are better than Cal. I, I wouldn't, but it's close. Especially uh, in the last couple years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe not this year, but yeah. All right. So the the second question is, which game or games will the bros be attending this season? Well, go Big Red. <laughs> we are going to Ohio State at Nebraska. Booyah. Yeah. Mid- late September. Yep. Uh yeah, but that uh, that's where we will be. Anywhere else uh, you guys are thinking about going at all? Michael, you usually get up to a USC game every now and then. I usually do not, Ryan. <laughs> Thanks for noticing. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to like one game since I graduated. Oh, you never want to, you never come over here. So how would I know? I don't know. Last year I went to that SC Notre Dame game. That was fun. It's It's always good to get up to an SC game since we're only a couple hours away. Yeah, I don't have any plans to go to any other games, but... Not good enough. We'll see. No, it's not about us being good or not. It's just... It's fun to watch all the games. It is. It's fun to sit at home yeah, and I know. watch all the games. Yeah, I know. It, it is. Totally. That that uh, September 30th pod might be a little... I don't know. It'll be one, either really high or really low. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll be just <laughs> just have flown home from hopefully not getting our ass kicked by <laughs> yeah. Justin Fields. Hopefully not. Yep. All right. Let's move on to the next one here. We got uh, at Nick20Lee. 
and he asks us to rank your top five up-and-coming coaches. So this is another top five, and Michael, why don't you uh, take this one? All right, I'm going to take it the prototypical five to one, like we always do, mm-hmm. Trey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually yeah. think it worked out well the way you did it, though, for that question. So thank you. Yeah, it's true. It deserved to be that way because it was the we didn't know. Uh, but for this question, okay, so up and coming is subjective. So I defined it as age 40 or below, but I'm not going to count guys like Matt Campbell or Neil Brown because they've got power five head coaching jobs. And I'm not even going to count like Mike Norvell at Memphis because he's already pretty respected as, as, one of the best G5 coaches. So yeah, keep that in mind. Here is my list. Number five, Oklahoma defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch. If he repeats what he did at Wazoo at Oklahoma, he'll be a head coach somewhere soon. Oh yeah, no doubt. Number four, Jason Candle, head coach for Toledo. He's done a pretty solid job there his first three years and used to be Matt Campbell's right-hand man. So that can't hurt. Toledo is a good place to coach. It is. It is. They produce <laughs> Power 5 coaches. Yep. Uh, number three, Will Healy, the 34-year-old first-year head coach at Charlotte. His previous job at Austin P. he took over a team that had won one game the previous three years combined. And by year two, they went eight and four and had some of the best recruiting classes in FCS. So yeah, that was a, he's, he's a, good, a good fit there. That's, that's a good one, Mike. Yeah, watch out for him. Number two, Kendall Bryles, offensive coordinator for Florida State. I know he's got the last name Bryles. That's that's a tough one, but yeah, he's been really successful everywhere he's been. And if he turns around Florida State's offense, he's going to get a major head coaching job. Agreed. Number one, this is an easy one. My boy, head coach of Louisiana, Billy Napier. He's a former Saban assistant and year one at Louisiana. They were supposed to be one of the worst teams in the Sun Belt. They ended up going, um, I should check this. I think they went seven and five seven and six anyway they won the west division and more importantly pulled in one of the best recruiting classes in sunbelt history so i'm predicting he'll be an sec head coach within three years wow there you go you're definitely on the napier train so i am uh honorable mentions hawaii head coach nick rolovich yeah notre dame offensive coordinator chip long missouri defensive coordinator ryan walters and wisconsin defensive coordinator jim leonard Ooh, Jim Leonard, yeah. He, a little bit of a down year last year, but he's... Yeah, a little bit of a downer. His first year was incredible, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they need to bounce back, but... All right, I like the list, though. Okay. Uh, by the way, I said it as 40 and below, and not below 40, because Billy Napier is 40. So. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, had to, I had to include him in there. Uh, okay, next question from Kenny on Instagram. This is a good one. Who are the invites to New York for the Heisman ceremony, and who could be a dark horse candidate? So what do you think, Trey? Trey's your dark horse dark horse gonna be like Trevor Lawrence or something? <laughs> it's actually this guy named Tua something. Oh, yeah. I never yeah, heard I of him. Oh yeah. No. Nah. Uh okay. No, but we okay. The invites everyone's list's gonna have Tua, Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts. But mm, some people's, yeah. Well, Jalen's, yes. I'm just yes. It's very, very common. Yep. Yep. Ryan's parsing every word, Trey. Watch yourself. He really is. He really is. <laughs> So I'm gonna, even cup and board, he's parsing those really well. Yeah, cup board. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm just going to focus more on my dark horse. And I, I kind of gave this away in the SEC preview, SC East. At 30 to 1 right now, DeAndre Swift. I, I just love him. Uh, I like yeah. him this year, especially with that young receiving core for Jake Fromm. He might lean a little bit more on Swift, both rushing and receiving. Okay. All right. Uh, those are good ones, Trey. I, I like those. Um, so my invites to and Trevor, of course, that's just an obvious one. Um, and I'm going to say my third one would be Shea Patterson. I think Michigan's just going to have such a good year and Patterson with the up-tempo offense should put up better numbers and they just got some great guys to throw it to. Um, and then my true dark horse is going to be uh, Khalil Tate at Arizona. He Obviously, they need to have a pretty good year, but if they do, it's going to be because he goes off. So I, I think he's going to have a huge year. Yeah, I like exactly. that one. He's, he's due. I hope he Running, does. It'd throwing. be so fun. Yep. Uh, so my invites, Tua, Trevor Lawrence, Derek King, Justin Fields, and I'm going for a fifth one. I'm really close between ETN and Swift. I'll go ETN. Wow. Five. I know five. Do you know how they do it, by the way? I never really looked into how they determine the number of invites. So I don't. They always have three. So they're always going to have at least three. 
And then they decide whether they invite a fourth one by how close that fourth person was in voting to the third one. Okay. Like, I, I forget what the percentage is, but they have to be close enough to, to merit an invite. And if there's two... And then the, the fourth, you know, then they look at the fourth person, how close was the fifth person in voting? So, oh. that's how they do it. Anyway, and my Dark Horse, I wanted, I went even deeper Dark Horse than you guys. I'm going two redshirt freshmen, Joey Gatewood at Auburn and Spencer Sanders at Oklahoma State. Now, oh, n- neither of them are guaranteed to start. That's but oh, those are good. I just wanted to go super deep sleepers. I like that one because if they do start, they could. I mean, both of them could have huge years. Yeah, Spencer Sanders, I actually like a lot more than yeah. than Gatewood. But yeah, that he should have a big one. I like it. Okay, we got another one from Nathan. Will Oregon's offensive coordinator Marcus Arroyo be there next season? Uh, I'm going to say that yes, he he will be. I know he's not necessarily loved in in Eugene right now, considering their offense struggled a, a bit down the stretch. They were 31st uh, in S and P plus offense, so it wasn't like they were bad. Really, they just Oregon's certainly used to having higher standards, and with the talent that they had, they expected more for sure. Um, yeah, but. I think he's set up this year, obviously, with Herbert coming back and all the talent they have on the O-line, good receiving core, a little young, but talented. Um, so I, I don't know. Plus, I just don't think Cristobal is going to be in a big hurry to try to make a move after he, Jim Levitt left, so he's got a new D, D coordinator this year. It just seems like a lot of, they need stability there. They're recruiting great, so yeah, just keep stability. That's me. I, I guess anytime you're you're calling a guy to get fired that's probably the underdog like it's probably a favorite that he stays but unless you're clay helton yeah well true true (laughs) even that is close but i'll go out on a limb here i'll i'll say he does get fired just because i don't know the pressure is on this year like you've got a potential top five top 10 pick at quarterback last year the offense it should have been a top 10 or 15 offense and it wasn't you got everybody coming back if it's not one of the best offenses in the country this year then he could be gone yeah, they'll they'll have a good year, but it's true there is pressure on them, though. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, our next question. Here is from Zach on Instagram, and he asks if all Power Five conferences have one loss, and Notre Dame does too, who gets into the college football playoff? All right, so I think the first three to me are pretty obvious. The one loss SEC champ is in. The one loss ACC champ is in, assuming it's Clemson because they're Clemson, even though the schedule is right. not great. They'll be in. Yep. Uh, the Big Ten champion is in for sure. Now it gets a little tougher. I'm going to eliminate Notre Dame because their schedule isn't all that tough outside of those two big games at Michigan and at Georgia. And really the tiebreaker is they're not going to have a conference championship on their resume. So throwing them out between the Pac-12 and Big 12, it's kind of similar to what you were saying earlier, Ryan, with the Cincinnati question. It depends on who it is. Yeah, like, it is. If it's Utah, no way they're in over over in Oklahoma or a Texas from the Big yeah. 12. But if it's Washington or Oregon, it's closer. I'll say in a vacuum, I'll go Big 12 just because it's presumably Oklahoma and they're probably better, you know, to the eye test than Washington and Oregon. Yeah, I don't think even Washington would have a good case. They have a very weak non-conference, so. Yeah, they got at BYU, but that's that's not a great marquee. Well, so does Utah. So well, good point. <laughs> <laughs> I I just don't see it. I, I think Oregon is the team, the only team that would have a legit gripe with one loss to make it over the one loss Big Twelve. So if it's not Oregon, the Big Twelve team's getting in. Even if it is Oregon, it's it still might be Texas or OU, whoever it is. But yeah, it'd be close. Texas especially because they've got that LSU game on their schedule. I think yeah, exactly. I think they'd be in. Yeah, yeah, I do agree with you guys, but I wouldn't totally throw out Notre Dame because if if they do. They will have beaten either Michigan or Georgia, so that 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 will hold them up and give them a little little credit. But yeah, I I agree it would probably be the Big Twelve. All right, next question at Boogman Ten on Twitter says, which fan base will feel the agony of one kick destroying their entire season? For example, Byron Bennett, wide left, January first, nineteen ninety four, in the Orange Bowl. Love the show. Go Knowles. So, Boog, he had to go there. He had wow. to bring out. <laughs> wow. People probably don't even know who Byron Bennett is, but he was the Nebraska kicker, missed a field goal to beat Florida State for the national title. Yada, yada, yada. But, uh, no, good. Hey, good for you, Boogman. Uh, <laughs> good for you. But I'm going to, I'm going to look at this in a slightly different view and say that Hot Rod. Oh. Blankenship is actually going to kick the game-winning field goal as time expires to beat Alabama 
in the SEC Ooh. title and, and send Bama fans into sadness as maybe their playoff hopes slipped away. Wow, Trey, I this is crazy because I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying hot rod for Georgia. He's going to have a 40 yarder to beat Bama and make the playoff. It's going to hit the upright. It's oh, going to miss. Oh, yeah. So we went the no. other way there. See, if I that, thought about it, but I was like, I don't want to go neg- so negative. But yeah, <laughs> oh, if that rod, kick but... happens, that's going to be epic. Oh, man. <laughs> like We're going to be famous. It'll be like that Mike Blowers called them from the Mariners they had a while about 10 years ago. Not many people probably know about that, but if you don't, you should look it up. It's pretty cool. <laughs> um, wow, man. I want to say Florida State just to, you know, piss off Boogman a little bit. But yeah. Now I'm, I'm going to go with uh, something different here, guys. I'm going to say the Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, it's going to be their last game of the season. They got Virginia Tech at home. And if they if they win, they'll win the ACC Coastal. But Virginia Tech kicker Brian Johnson is going to hit a, a game-winning field goal as time expires and ruin Virginia's hopes for to win the division ouch ouch that virginia's had some heartbreakers against virginia tech especially yep. last year <laughs> just yeah. another one um but fsu they haven't had any any kicks that have missed that have been oh, big have they? I, don't, oh, I mean wide right oh, wide yeah i can't think of any no <laughs> well played michael well played now okay now we've got an email from adam went back and listened to your game day locations episode and couldn't help but wonder do you have any theories on an FCS possibility this year? I was able to attend both game days in Fargo, which was an awesome atmosphere. I'm from Montana and honestly would love to see them go to Montana or Montana State. Would love to hear your thoughts. Great podcast. All right. A Montana guy. Sweet. Love Montana. Uh, <laughs> you just yeah. went to Montana, actually, didn't you? I did. <laughs> I was in West uh, West Montana, West Yellowstone. So, yeah, I was there briefly. Cool. Sounds like somebody who hadn't been to Montana. I was in West Montana. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. No, that's the name of this the city. It's like oh, is it just? It's the town right out, right outside of Yellowstone. Okay, well, there here. That's I've never been to Montana, so I don't know. Yeah, there you go. All right. Uh, I hope they go to uh, an F- FCS location. Um, they I seems to always have big success. It's fun. I think the top game um, would be maybe North North Dakota State at South Dakota State. Uh, in week nine, both those teams are preseason top five. Um, but you do have competition, obviously. LSU, uh, Auburn at LSU, Notre Dame, Michigan. Oh, that's uh, tough. That might be. It's tough. Those are tough. But who, uh, those teams may have a few losses by then. Who knows? They, they would need that. Um, but I, there's also one other game I'll throw in uh, week 13. You got Montana, the Grizz, at uh, Montana State. Montana would actually probably need to overachieve they're not this is actually not supposed to be a, a super good year for the grizz but you know who knows and in the, in the slate of games that week's kind of kind of weak so it could happen there was also like a, a montana at north dakota state game i saw that is during a pretty quiet week for this year for fbs what you, montana plays at north dakota state this year i think so oh i didn't i didn't see that let me check it, it out up. real quick. Yeah, yeah. Look it up as I get to the next. I'm not. I'm not super up on FCS scheduling. So no, I'll look real quick though. Okay, I got the Montana Grizz schedule. They got South Dakota, mm, Oregon. Yeah, there's no North Dakota State on there. Oh, maybe I was looking at last year. Yeah, maybe, my bad or something. Well, if they. If they were, man. The you can fans... imagine what it'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> well, and if they were, the Montana fans would have been giving you a bunch of Helena, Ryan. Oh, yeah, true. Oh, wow. That's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Mike. Well, kind of kind of ruined that for you. <laughs> it's okay. I'll live. <laughs> um, all right. Let's move on to our, uh, our next question here. We got uh, an email from uh, Rutgers Todd. He has uh, a few questions. So we'll kind of just uh, each, each of us will take one. Uh, and Trey, why don't you uh, take this first one here? No, Ryan, I'm just looking at the schedule right now. North Dakota State plays at home against South Dakota, November 16th, 2019. But what? <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at me with a very yeah. confused look. But you, yeah, said, Montana. you said Montana. Oh. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I, meant, I meant South Dakota. I meant oh, South Dakota. Okay. My bad. <laughs> oh, that's the issue we're going through here. <laughs> like, you guys like, were looking okay. at me like I was crazy. I'm like, you guys, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Great, Mike. That should be a good game. Uh, all right. Well, there we go. 
That's that, what I meant. <laughs> you guys want to break down North Dakota's state schedule now? Let's just... <laughs> no, it's okay. Well, yeah. actually, yeah. How do you think they'll do against Western Illinois, the Leathernecks? Ooh, that's true. Yeah. All right. No. Um, that's Southern Illinois, the Salukis. <laughs> Quite a schedule. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Let's. Uh, we'll talk about Rutgers' Todd email here. So his first question was, which team stadium entrance hypes you up the most? So there's a, there's a few. I'm going to say at the top... Virginia Tech's Enter Sandman is mine. That place just goes, Lane Stadium just goes berserk, especially when they, they show it when they have a night game. You know, you could say Clemson running down the hill, touching Howard's Rock. Florida State's Tomahawk Chop with the spear at midfield's pretty sweet. So, yeah, there's a lot of good ones to choose from. Yeah, I would, I would agree with you. Virginia Tech would be my, probably my top choice. Um, all right, move on to the next question. I got, uh, can you foresee Army going to a New Year's Six bowl game? So, they're not a group of five team. They're independent, so they just need to make it straight up as an at-large. And I mean, the only way they'd have a chance is if they'd go at least 12-1, and one, but they can't lose to Michigan. One of the wins has to be at Michigan to get that quality win. Lose to them, and it's no chance. Agreed. Um, so you don't foresee that, <laughs> I'm assuming? So, I mean, I, no, I don't foresee okay. it. <laughs> Fair. Sorry. Uh, so Rutgers Todd's last question was, with hashtag start art going viral all across the globe, how long until you do a worldwide speaking tour? So I, um, if it looks like McLean Carter is, is getting momentum to be the starter, I might do that. But okay, I wanted to read a tweet from a guy that covers Rutgers named Josh Newman, possibly a long lost bro. He says, Could be. quote, Art Sitkowski called today the first day of camp, a holiday, twice. Kid loves football very much, which has never been in doubt. End quote. I mean, wow. <laughs> well, if you had the year Art Sitkowski had last year and you still love football, I feel like something's wrong you with deserve, you. You deserve to be the starter. I mean, he's a positive kid. Must be. Very positive. I saw he had a good run in practice. As a very good run. Yeah. Showing off the wheels. <laughs> Maybe going to do a little more RPO this year. Yeah. Hey, why not? <laughs> um, okay. Next question. Shane on Instagram, uh, he asks, what's what are the bros' top five jobs in college football? So, Ryan, this is your turn for a top five list. Okay. I got the probably, I don't know, I thought it's the most challenging one for sure. It, it's very difficult. <laughs> but I like it. I want it. This is a good one. All right. So, let's start off with number five. I'm saying Clemson. Uh, the fifth spot was tough for me to decide. You could have said a lot, but uh, Clemson wouldn't have been there as of probably maybe three years ago. They probably wouldn't have been there, but... No way. Now they're just completely on another level. Nobody can touch them in the conference, so they're set up. I uh, don't see it slowing down anytime soon. Number four, I have Alabama. Um, it's a great job, no doubt, uh, but I think Saban is kind of making it look like a better job than it probably is uh the in-state talent isn't on the same level of you know texas florida even georgia uh but when you have an elite coach makes it look good top five though still a very good job yeah uh number three i'm saying georgia uh some people might think i'm a little i don't know crazy for putting them above bama but i don't know georgia's got better talent in the state uh and florida is really the only other team that can match them in the east year in year out Whereas the West's loaded usually. Um, I think what's been holding them back is just not having that elite coach. Uh, you know, they were with Rick so long, who was good, but he wasn't elite. Um, but hey, maybe that's changing now. And you see what's happening with uh, Kirby Smart. So Georgia's, Georgia's awoken. Yeah, Mitch Light, uh, who we had on the podcast, he has Georgia as the number one job in the country. So I don't think putting them three is, is too crazy at all. Yeah, one seems high, but you can make the case. Yeah. yeah, it's it's gutsy, but yeah, could prove to be right. Uh, number two, I said uh, Ohio State. Uh, Whoa, the reason why? Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Oh, Trey disagrees here. No, no, no. I, I I agree with Ohio State, but that means you left off some interesting. All right, let's yeah, do this. I, it's tough. This is, okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So the reason why I put them this high is just because compared to the rest of their conference, they have such an advantage in recruiting. It's just it seems like the easiest place to have success honestly like it's if you don't if you don't have success there you're really bad coach you're luke fickle for one year yeah well exactly 
Uh, all right, moving on to number one. I have Texas. Uh, you just have everything set up for you there. The recruiting's insane. You pretty much got the pick of the litter. We should. Yeah. Uh, great fan base, tons of money. It's everybody loves Texas. Everybody loves football. I mean, and so yeah, they're number one. All right, Trey, what's uh, laid on me here? Well, I just, I just l- listen. You can't really go wrong with any of those five, but I just think Florida is is got to be in the top five. Just with the Florida. Mm. It, being able to recruit in the state of Florida is just such an advantage. They've obviously had success, and they've they've won titles with mo- different coaches. So I think Florida would be would be in that list as well. Then, by the same token, you could make the argument for Florida State because they're in an easier conference to be in. Yeah, it's true. It, but it was hard to separate those. They kind of pushed each other down a little bit in, in my eyes, but. I, but I did totally agree with you, like on Ohio State. You had to have their Ohio is such a great yeah. recruiting base. They dominate there. So, uh, Michael, I mean, I know USC. I had them. I had them fifth on my list. Um, just yeah, I thought about them putting fifth because but. it's easier to be the top dog in the Pac-12, right? If, right. if you get the right coach at USC, you're you're going to dominate. I yeah, had exactly. USC too. Yeah, yeah. I I maybe should have put them ahead of. Well, but who do you put him ahead of? <laughs> I know it's tough. It's, it's tough. really hard. Clemson, uh, maybe. Clemson, yeah. I didn't even have. Yeah, I would. I have them ahead of Clemson. Just, I don't know. Maybe it's I'm not wanting to fall victim to recency bias. Yeah, but things have changed at Clemson. I mean, there. Yeah, they have. It's a different program. Totally. Yeah. It's a. It's a t- this is a tough list because then there's other schools like LSU. Yeah. Exactly. LSU. Uh, yeah. Maybe not right now, but in a few years, Texas A and M. So. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if you're in the SEC, I automatically bump you down a couple spots because there's so much competition. Yeah, it's true. It, uh, yeah, it's 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 super hard. Very competitive. Okay, so now uh, who's our next one? Do we have a voicemail? We do. Hey, bros. It's Bailey from Ohio. Just wondering, if Ohio State beats Michigan again this year, can we stop calling it a rivalry? <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Uh-oh. All right. Now, 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 Bailey. I, I, I get it. Ohio State's own them. Uh, but you know, Michigan leads the all-time series, uh, and it's also l- not like it hasn't been competitive. I know. I mean, Ohio State. Looking back, they've won fourteen out of fifteen. That that's crazy. It doesn't feel like that to me. It doesn't. Yeah, I know. But within yeah. those, there was the two overtime game a couple years ago with the questionable spot. So that obviously could have gone either way. And since two thousand one, there have been seven victories by Ohio State that were less by. Were, that were by less than seven points. That's been a so rough go for Michigan. It's been very competitive. Michigan's just found found a way to lose, or Ohio State's found a way to win. So, and even even one of the blowouts last year, Michigan was actually favored going into the game. So it still kind of felt yep. competitive in that way. But yeah, it is. It's a crazy run that that the Buckeyes are on. I will say Michigan had a pretty good run before these past fifteen years. Yep, so exactly, they'll be back. They'll be back. Yeah, they'll get it. Starting this year, huh, Mike? I think. Well, hey, they're favored again. It didn't work out for them last year, but <laughs> they are favored. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, let's see our, what our last question here. Uh, we got uh, from Gunner on Instagram. He says, uh, "Y'all should put together your college football super teams. Construct a team out of different position groups in the country." All right. Okay. Let's do it. Um, quarterback, Alabama. Any disagreements? I put Clemson. That's fair. It it's obviously down to those two. You could go either way. Yeah, I like Tua yeah. a little better. We've talked about that. Uh, running back, I'm going Georgia um, because of their depth. Obviously, John DeAndre Swift is great too, but just having Zamir White, James Cook, Brian Harrion, they're so so deep. Yeah, I was between them and uh, I like OU's running backs too. They're yeah. they're deep too. Just because yeah, Kennedy the t- Brooks, Trey Sermon. Yeah, if if Trey Sanders didn't get hurt for Bama. Probably would put them in there, but nope. Okay. Uh, receiving core, Alabama. Yeah, that's Clemson has two good ones, but yeah, I mean, this, I think Alabama might have the best receiving core in our lifetime. Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Like, <laughs> it's insane, guys. <laughs> it's pretty dang good. Yeah, I mean they they do. This is the best receiving core I can remember. Yeah, were those all those guys still on the team I mentioned? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensive line, Georgia. Is this just the Alabama and Georgia 
list. I know, but it's true though. It's true. I mean, you could argue Oregon for this one, but I, no, I wouldn't. You really can't. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. It's just. I mean, Phil Steele put Oregon number one, but no, nah. they. I don't know. They didn't disagree. Nah. Clemson. They have four. Clemson's got four returning starters. They're pretty good. Clemson's up there too. Yeah. Yeah. Way to give some love to the little guy. Uh, <laughs> defensive line, Auburn. Oh, I thought I was taking the D here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, let me let me lead the way here. Uh, I'm going to say defensive line. I'm going with Michigan State. Oh, disagree. Auburn. Auburn. <laughs> mm. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. That's very reasonable. Kenny Willekes, if he's 100% healthy, is kind of the key there, though. If he's not, then I would put Auburn. But if Willekes is full go, wow, they got him, Raekwon Williams, uh, the, the, the Ponishuk brothers. Naquan Jones is a really good run-stuffing D-tackle. It's kind of like a backup. So they were number one in the country against the run by far last year. No, they're great. I Auburn, obviously, is the one I would have gone with, but Utah's right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought about Utah as well. Ohio State, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. A little lower, but yep. Yep. Um, okay. Uh, linebacker, uh, to me, this was between two. I had between Miami uh, and Penn State. Uh, I ul- I ultimately went with the U. Three senior linebackers. You know, you got Pinkney, Quarterman, and McLeod. Penn State's good, too. You got Parsons and Jan Johnson and Cam Brown. But I um, agree with the the Miami pick. All right, LSU, cool. I, I think, is kind of a dark horse here. If Calevon Chason... Yeah, is, that's the thing. Chason needs to come back 100%, too. If he is, then they could be, they could be right there. Yep. Yeah. And Alabama, they had a couple, they had an injury there too now. So yeah, depth has taken a shot. Depth, depth's current concern. Uh, DBs, this is where I'm going LSU. You got Grant Delpit, maybe the best DB in the country. He's awesome. Derek Stingley, true freshman, supposedly is supposed to be really, really good. Should fill in for Greedy pretty well. Then you got Kari Vincent and Christian Fulton back as well. They're, they're always so good in the secondary. And then this year's not going to be any different. But agree. Cal has Cal has a case. There's your one like Yeah, Cal Cal was the other one, but I, I would have gone with LSU as well. Yep. Yep. Oh, what about Florida? we didn't we didn't put special teams? Oh, I didn't do special teams. <laughs> Who has the best kicker and punter combination? Oh yeah. I mean, you got goggles over at Georgia. Yeah. You got doesn't Syracuse, they've got Andre Schmidt and um who's the punter? And uh, a really good punter. I can't remember his name. I'll go Syracuse, even though I can't remember their punter's name off the top of my head. Um, I don't know. I, I can't really tell you right now. <laughs> All right, Google it, Ryan, and I'm I'm gonna race Google and see if I can think of it before Google. Syracuse punter. Give me the initials. Um uh, okay. S H. All right, I don't know. Uh, it's Sterling Hofrichter. Hofrichter. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think he was he's supposed to be up there on the All ACC list. So, sure. Okay, let's uh, close out the episode here with a questionable finish. First question: Ben on Instagram asks, "Who is your favorite player of all time that was on a rival team?" All right, uh, I went with Adrian Peterson at OU. He was just incredible to watch that especially that freshman year when you just like wow yeah this guy does yeah. not look like a freshman he was a freak i'll say uh another rival of nebraska texas vince young mm, you just yeah. you had to love vince young i'll go even a little older uh we hit all the rivals i'm gonna go colorado cordell stewart uh he was one of the first dual threats in the era he was fun to watch and everyone obviously remembers the the hail mary against michigan yep I don't. <laughs> well, <laughs> when was that? From the clips. Well, I mean, yeah, you've we seen even... it over and over. Yeah. I've seen it. Fair. Uh, also, Brad Smith from Missouri. Want to bring oh, yeah. him up? He was awesome. That's a good one. Okay, next question. At Nick20Lee on Twitter, name an athletic freak who was hyped up and then did not live up to the hype. So I'm going to go your boy Lane Kiffin, one of his biggest recruits, Michael, at Tennessee, Bryce Brown. He was that five-star running back. Both Browns, yeah. He went to Tennessee as he was like in rivals. I think he was the number one player, and then he had he was behind Hardesty his freshman year. He transferred to K State. Only had three carries after that, and he in his total career he only had 104 carries for 476 yards. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I'm saying Ryan Paraloo, the five star. Oh yeah, I thought about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dual threat quarterback for LSU uh, in 2005. Only ended up having 79 career FBS passes. Yeah, he was 
kind of just didn't have the mental game down. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Fred Rouse, uh, wide receiver for Florida State. That guy was hyped up like crazy, but he just, wow, he did not live up to it. He transferred to UTEP and then had to transfer again to some like NAIA school or something like that. It was it was rough. Next question, at Braden Hodges, actually Brandon Hodges on Brandon, Twitter says, yeah, what is Brandon. the most overrated condiment? Um, I'm saying ranch. I, I, that's yeah. a good one. It's it's not a prototypical condiment, but it is used that way. I know. That's why I'm saying it, because I only use it on salads, and it's good on salads, but I'm not putting it in my pizza in it. I'm not dumping it yeah. with fries like or whatever. I don't know. People are getting crazy with it. 100% agree. I don't really like it that much. Um, I'll go. My other option was hot sauce. Gets yeah. a lot of hype. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. I could take it or leave I, it. I agree on hot sauce. I'm actually going to go mustard. I, I don't think I need that. Like, I could have hot dogs and burgers without it. Totally. All right. Last question from Aaron on Instagram. What position would Leon <laughs> Phelps play if he started for Bama this year? I'll take this one first. And that's a, that's a really great question, Aaron. <laughs> you know, thank you for asking. I would have to say that he would probably be a, a, a wide receiver because he has so much experience that fill in the slot. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, I can't top it. I can't uh, top it. No, That's, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to wow. say it, but I, I agree with receiver, but I'm not, I'm not even going to top it. People don't even know who, you know, they might not know who Leon Phelps is, though. No, they probably don't. They can Google it. Yeah. Uh, we've done a lot of Googling this episode yeah. ourselves. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that'll do it for the College Football Bros podcast. Apologies if your question didn't get answered, but thank you for, for everyone who did send them in. We really appreciate it. Uh, next week, we are going to have our betting preview episode. Be sure to check that out. Also, we're going to have a, a very short episode previewing week zero, Florida against Miami and Arizona-Hawaii. So tune in for that as well, and we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening. Don't wait. Your chance to upgrade and save up to $400 at Mattress Firm ends soon. Right now, save big on top-rated brands. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchase. Or save up to 50% on hot buys from top brands like Sleepy's or Serta. With our highly trained sleep experts and our low price guarantee, you can rest assured you'll get the best bed at the best price. Unjunk your sleep. Only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale.